this is the car dealer podcast driven by car gurus. You want the best return from your advertising budget and car gurus piston heads are focused on the same goal. With car gurus piston heads you have access to millions of monthly shoppers across both sites who can turbocharge your digital forecourt. Connect with in-market high quality buyers today. For more information, visit dealerpackages.cargurus.co.uk and schedule a demo with their team. For a limited time only, get 10% reduction off your new subscription when you tell them that we sent you. That's dealerpackages.cargurus.co.uk. If you've never listened before, we do our roundup of the week's news a little differently. We've made it into a competition to choose the best stories of the week, and we ask an industry guest to choose our winner. Joining me is car dealer editor-in-chief James Baggett, and our guest judge today is CEO of Carwell, James Hind. Thank you so much for joining us today, James. What's been keeping you busy at the moment? Thanks for having me. Uh, what's been keeping us busy? So a bit of chip shortage uh, issues on the new car, somehow managing to grow it nicely despite that. And then a lot of focus on this acquisition we made back in June to help consumers sell their car, help dealers buy cars. That's scaling, and it's about five times bigger than when we bought it. So kept yeah. us busy. Nice to have a kind of a new, a new proposition to work on. I was and going to ask you, I'm sorry, Rebecca, jump for straight, straight in there. But I was going to ask you, James, about, um, uh, well, firstly, the, the, the semiconductor shortage. I mean, the, you guys specialise in, in new cars or didn't yeah. until the summer. I mean, how's that affected you? I mean, is it does it mean that consumers are because there aren't deals out there really, are there? People have to pay what they have to pay. So no, it, it's quite interesting. So, I mean, the best-selling car we have at the moment is a car with absolutely no discount. It has been for four or five months, and that's a car sold direct by the car manufacturer. You can probably guess who it is. Uh, and almost all the cars in the top ten have very little to no discount, but consumers are still shopping around. They're shopping around to find a good dealer. They're shopping around to find a good delivery time as well. Uh, and they're prepared to buy and prepared to wait increasingly as well. Um, I think helped by the fact that we, we significantly over-index on electric cars, where they basically, obviously, the car manufacturer is just shoveling the chips into electric cars to hit the targets. Uh, and we do well on that. So it, it's, it's helped us. But I mean, bizarrely, our, our new car business alone is up 60% year on year. Um, so I suppose... You, you mentioned there that people are actually shopping around for, for the, those dealers that can get it to them quicker. I mean, is that more important than price at the moment? Oh, God, yeah. As in, if, if people, people get told six months wait time versus three months, uh, most consumers will pay a bit extra to, to have it quicker. And is that because some dealers are have got orders in a further up the queue than some yeah, others? Exactly. Or they've got something in stock or similar um, that they can get hold of. But it's just about the, the, the dealers are being proactive. They're filling their order books for next year uh, and they're selling the cars at virtually full margin. So why not? And um, looking into the future, James, the the industry's changing, isn't it? I mean, we're looking towards agency sales with a, with a not, lot of manufacturers. Some of them are already doing it. How does that how does that affect Carwell? Because I mean, agency sales come direct from the manufacturer. We're going to be moving towards this fixed price model and, dealers delivering i mean how are you guys going to be set up for that in the future no we quite like it so we have a big uh, division of the business that works directly with car manufacturers so any manufacturer who sells direct also sells direct through car currently and pays us for it you've got in germany um i think the three best-selling cars are either direct or under agency model on car 
uh, and it, it's not really changing the consumer experience that much. So they're still comparing models between each other. They're still comparing buying it versus leasing it versus secondhand. They're still working out how to sell the car, so they're still using car well. Uh, and we have a nice big business with car manufacturers promoting their cars on our site. And the agency, they'll be able to track it far more efficiently. Uh, and the, the shift to digital marketing will be even greater once they can track it. So we, we welcome it. I don't think it's happening anytime soon on the grand scale. Uh, but yeah, we, we look forward to it. And how's the um, how's the business performing? I mean, you've been on this huge growth spurt, haven't you, for, for the last few years? And I mean, I know that sucks up huge amounts of cash. I mean, how's the business doing financially now? Yeah, very good. So, I mean, we've, we've grown revenues versus last year 60%. I think the whole team is 70% bigger. So we're up to about 360 people now. Wow. Uh, in Germany and Spain, our market position is, is now where the UK was probably two years ago. So about 5% of car sales in Germany and Spain are through us. And the UK is more like 12 now. Uh, and then sell your car is, is, is a massive, massive area for us. Already a big revenue contributor. And the exciting thing is it's, we've got loads of consumers already. This is a whole nother proposition for them. We've got loads of dealers already. This is a whole nother proposition for dealers. I think interesting to your audience as well, until the summer, we only worked with franchise dealers. Now, the biggest buyers on our on, on the sell your car part of the business are independent dealers. And yeah. um, the, the one thing I have to touch on, I mean, knowing, knowing Matt as I do, he's a good friend of mine, I worked with him a long time ago, Auto Express. Well, you introduced us. I did you're indeed. Thank, you're you're yeah. to thank for that. And I mean, what, what a success story that's been for, for you guys. I mean, the, the question I'd ask on that front is, is Matt's become a brand in himself, hasn't he? I mean, he really has. And he's, hey, he's, he can't go anywhere without being recognised. No. And um, the, the, so how is that that area of the business going to split off in any way? Or is it still, you know? The, the... No, I mean, I mean, Matt, the editorial is always separate to commercial. So editorial reports to me, ultimately. And there's no link whatsoever with, with the kind of core business from a commercial point of view. So they can say whatever they want. Gets us into trouble quite a lot, which is uh, fun, but it keeps it honest and, 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 and it's brutally honest often. But it, it's, uh, we take a slightly different strategy. It's a very worldwide audience on the, on the YouTube channel, particularly the English one, uh, which is great. We don't sell cars in those regions yet, but um, we, we let it kind of do its own thing and, and just keep funding it. So um, do you, were you ever going to try cracking America? I think it looks an interesting market, for sure. We think the competition there is relatively weak. The consumer propositions out there are poor. Uh, and dealers are very far ahead. They're all, well, I say all, they're generally further ahead, I'd say, than the UK even. Uh, and all of them have online sales teams. They all spend a lot of money on digital marketing. Yeah, they, they, they certainly are ahead when it comes to that sort of stuff, aren't they? I mean, and, and my final question from me is, what, what's keeping you up at night when it comes to the business? I mean, is, this, is there a big headache that you've got to try and solve? No, I mean, running a business is always headaches and always to do with people, but we're, we're, we're doing pretty well at the moment. I think what keeps us up at night, I think it's just how to go faster. Uh, we're just closing out some more funding at the moment. That'll just mean we can, we can pour more into marketing, particularly on Sell Your Car. It's just such a it's, a, it's a, I mean, we've always done new cars, as you said. In the grand scheme of things, it's a relatively niche market. Most consumers in their lifetime will never buy a brand new car. Us going into sell your car means we can just reach a far bigger audience, far more as a kind of mainstream brand. So a, a lot of emphasis on that. And what will that round value the business at? Uh, nice, nicely, let's say. Nicely. nicely. <laughs> We'll be happy. I, can't talk about. I think some of the uh, some of the publicly quoted dealers may 
wince when if they ever found out but um, th- these businesses are valued a little bit differently yeah either right or wrong yeah just when you have to look at kazoo for that anyway i'm going to stop talking now stop yeah, i was gonna say i'm sure we'll get onto all these subjects sure when we go through these things let me just explain how the quiz works for you first um, and then we'll get on to our stories um so james and i have both chosen five stories each i know it's going to get really confusing on this episode as well because i'm dealing with two james's but james baggett's chosen hopefully five stories probably more I've got um You've got how many? Ten today. Ten, okay. (laughs) Um, We're going to take it in turns to talk about the news we've chosen. Then at the end, James Hind will decide who has won. So if you want to play along, then do tweet at Mag with the stories you think we should have included. And if you're listening on Spotify, don't forget to swipe up and vote for who you think had the best stories at the end too. So I won last week, so I get to go first. And we are now drawing five all, so it's all to play for. Um, So I'm going to go with what I'm pretty sure it must have been the biggest story of the week because it's been all over the place. And that is the Cart Dealer Top 100, which is our list of um, the top 100 most profitable dealers in the UK. Um, I will probably let James explain this better because you were much more part of pulling it together. But it's been interesting reading, seeing who's come out on top and how people have moved since we did it for the first time last year. It's been incredible, hasn't it? Um, It's um, it's always been something that we wanted to do this list and we we launched it last year um because the reason we did it this way is and and rating dealers on on profit is because really you're in business to make money on you i mean that's what these guys really care about how much they turn over doesn't really matter it's all about how much money they make on on the bottom line so this um list is is ranked by ebitda profit numbers um the uh, um, what was interesting this year is just to see how successful those dealers were in 2020. If you rewind back the clock, I mean, I was writing some stuff for the magazine about this. You rewind back to the clock to, to those first days of that first lockdown. We, we honestly thought the world was ending. I mean, mm. dealers put people on furlough, doors were shut. Everybody thought business was going to end. I remember having some phone calls with some big dealer bosses. And I mean, they were... I mean, they were distraught. They really were. I mean, I know I was. I mean, I certainly was distraught when that happened. I mean, I had my head in my hands thinking, what on earth are we going to do? But look how these businesses have managed to turn that around. I mean, I just think the success story of the car industry and those car dealers in 2020 is, is something that we will look back on in many years to come as just how entrepreneurial this business is. Um, they managed to increase profit from 2019 to 2020 uh, by nearly half a, uh, by nearly half a billion, you know, £490 million pounds more um, dealers, uh, those top 100 dealers made in, in 2020 when they had their showroom shut for two lockdowns. It's I mean, I just when you say it like that, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it is really, really, frankly, astonishing. Um, Top of the list was uh, Arnold Clark. We published the interview with Eddie Hawthorne today, the CEO. They made £354.2 million EBITDA profit. That is... Um, uh, compared to the, the next in the list, Sitna, yeah. who, who were 177, 177.5 million. I mean, that is just by far and away the, an unbelievable number, isn't it? I mean, they really are very, very, very good. Um, people, people look at that business and just think, how on earth does Eddie do it? Um, but he is, I was, I was talking to another dealer the other day, they said he is the best car dealer out there unquestionably the best car dealer out there. And I think, I've, frankly, I'd have to agree with him. Um, so amazing, amazing number. Amazing to see the list. It's published um, on our website. 
was published yesterday and uh, you can go and see it now but yeah i was i was frankly staggered at those results james um you you guys sponsored that list thank you very much um the um what, what did you guys think of it i mean i, I watched your interview with, with james bachelor were you as impressed as we as we were with those numbers oh, absolutely i mean it's quite amazing i think what, what's great to see is i mean i thought unbelievable but everyone's making a lot more money mm-hmm. uh, and i think and I think that the, the numbers were ultimately analysing 2020 performance. And I think we'll see it again for 2021 this time next year when we look back at it. Uh, yeah, I, th- I agree with you. I mean, um, Eddie's already said that he thinks 2021 is going to be better. Some of the dealers I've spoken to off the record said, you wait till you see 2021's yeah, yeah, yeah. numbers. Oh, really? <laughs> um, yeah, oh, it's, I, I think this year is going to be, I wouldn't be surprised if, it, if the numbers, the, the combined number, the top 200, tops 2 billion uh, in terms of profit next year. Um, they, they, they've had those tailwinds, haven't they, of last year and all those cost cuts, uh, yeah. plus, plus those used car prices soaring. And a bit of furlough help as well. At the start of the year, of course, and, and a little bit of actual re- retail rates relief at the start of yeah. the year. But yeah, it's going to be... But even still without that, I think, again, yeah, it'll be better. Yeah, no, it's a st- staggering result and um, really interesting to see that list. I, I like the list as well because it puts uh, the franchise against the independents as well. Mm. It's yeah. interesting seeing the independents who came up so high. I'm not saying they're bad businesses, but it is interesting when you hold them up next to each other. They're good operators. They're very, yeah. very good operators. Yeah, I mean, there's some there's some cracking cracking operators out there, and um, no, that's what I quite like about the list too. Nice to be able to put them. I mean, look, let's face it; they're all selling cars, aren't they? So exactly. we, should, we should be ranking them against each other. Mm. So my one, shall I move on to my first story? Yes, if you want. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I've got loads this week, as I said, but um, I'm going to go prioritize the top five. I, well, that is the idea, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I'm going to go with um, the motorway advert. That has been banned for being dangerous and irresponsible after complaints are made to the regulator by what can only be described as absolute lunatics. Um, <laughs> they've moaned about this this advert, uh, which you have probably seen, and it was basically a house driving along on a massive truck uh, and some cars driving around it. But apparently, some people who have got nothing better to do with their time moaned about the fact that um, that these people were driving irresponsibly. It's an advert. Nobody cares, um, but clearly they did. It got banned, and they've had to make a um, make a new advert. Uh, but I just felt sorry for Motorway. I thought it was a really good advert. I think they've done a fantastic job with their brand. Um, I love their um, I love their radio jingles. I think they work really well, and I'm not surprised that they've grown grown so quickly. Um, but yeah, I don't suppose you've made it really until someone's complained about your advert, and you've had to change it. True. Yeah, it is. Um, I find it hilarious when they get these things banned based on stuff, which is so ridiculous that if someone was going to go out and try it um, based on that advert, then they're probably mad to start with. We were joking. I think it said 15 people complained about it. Really? <laughs> I, I won't name who I think they who might have complained about it or who they were. <laughs> I did have that. It wasn't us. It actually wasn't us. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've not seen the new advert yet. What did they do? Uh, just I think they're probably doing it now because it, it, it came out. It, it, they only got banned this week, didn't they? Yeah, yeah I, I think if they just cut it out or something. We're, we're just making our advert for cellular car. Right? We'll make sure to have no uh, no moving vehicles. Yeah. <laughs> just have Matt Watson running around. <laughs> <laughs> I always think, yeah, a bit of a tangent, but I always find it hilarious watching Matt Watson on TV, having worked with him as well. It's just so bizarre watching him make a t- cup of tea for someone. <laughs> <laughs> That's my first one. 
Cool. Um, I am going to go with, oh, I just thought I love this story. It was about um, a car salesman who won the poker, to- poker tournament. I don't know much about poker, but I read the article and I kind of wish that I did watch poker tournaments because it was the fact he went from like 19,000th in the world and had to play off 6,000 people, which I just thought was insane, and then ended up winning 2.5 million. This car salesman who worked at a JLR dealership or something and yeah. now is super rich. I had that one on my list as well. Um, Has anyone interviewed him to whether he'll carry on working? <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, not track, not been tracked down. He's probably spending his winnings. Yeah, he's probably. If, well, well, if, he spend, if he spends at the JLR dealership, he'll get his car in twelve months' time if he's lucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when it arrives, it will break down. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, uh, JLR. We'll be right back. The Car Dealer Podcast is driven by car gurus. You want the best return from your advertising budgets and CarGurus Piston Heads are focused on the same goal. With them, you have access to millions of monthly shoppers across both sites who can turbocharge your digital forecourts. Connect with in-market, high-quality buyers today. For more information, visit dealerpackages.cargurus.co.uk and schedule a demo with their team. For a limited time only, you can get 10% reduction on your new subscription when you tell them that we sent you. That's dealerpackages.cargurus.co.uk. Now, let's get back to the quiz. Um, I am going to go with my next one. Um, Is the McLaren Group forced to deny the reports that it's been sold to Audi? This was Um, weird, wasn't it? This is really strange, this story. So this came out on Monday? Was it Monday? I think so. I think so. It's been a long week. Um, It was a report by Autocar that said... um, McLaren had been sold to Audi. It was pretty much reported as as a done deal, wasn't it? Um, uh, I've long thought that McLaren was ripe for for a purchase by one of these big um, by one of these big manufacturers. It sort of makes a lot of sense, but I couldn't I couldn't really work out why. I mean, I know they said Audi, but I mean, surely that's the Volkswagen Group. But I can't really understand why the Volkswagen Group would want another premium brand. They've got Audi. They've got Lamborghini. They've got Bentley. I mean, why would they? They've got Bugatti. Why would they then want McLaren? I mean, it just seems a little bit strange. I mean, I know you. And, and no electric knowledge at McLaren in the grand scheme of things. No. And they've now not had a history recently in Formula One either. So. Yeah, I think that yeah. was that was part of the story was that they wanted to gain access to to Formula One. But you'd think if the Volkswagen Group was going to do that, they could just do it themselves. Yeah. And they've been pushing a lot into into the Formula E, haven't they? Exactly. Um, so I, it was a bit of a strange story, this one, but um, rapidly McLaren came out with a, with a press statement um, saying they're aware of news media reports stating it's been sold to Audi and it was wholly inaccurate and McLaren is seeking to have the story removed, which obviously meant that everybody wrote a story that's about the fact that they were denying it. So <laughs> never, never works, never works. No. For they should have just stayed quiet. Um, but I, I just... I wonder whether that is going to happen or not. I mean, I think I can see them. I can, not 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 with the Volkswagen Group, but I can see them ending up somewhere else with a with an with another brand. Um, I can't tell you who because I have no idea. But there you go. That's when it. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like a, I can't tell you who because exclusive. No, I've got no exclusive. No. Okay. Shall I go for my next one then? Yes, please. Um, so we sort of lightly touched on values earlier, but um, this is one of your stories you did about Rivian this week. We talked about them last week. Oh, yes. Um, but yeah, this week it came out that their value has overtaken Volkswagen. 
um, as they are, they now actually, I don't know what their market value is today, but when you did the story two days ago, it was $152 billion, um, which is also more than Ford um, and just is a bit crazy. But I love asking people this question. I'd love to know what you think about this, James, because you obviously come from a very different part of the market when we talk to car dealers about this sort of thing. Yeah, I think I think I can't see how these electric companies justify valuation like that. But I think Riven's quite interesting because they got a big Ford have got a big stake in them. Mm. I think kind of double digit percentage from memory. Amazon have got a very big stake in them as well. And I think part of Amazon, from what I've read, part of Amazon's rationale for investing in them was they want Rivian to produce electric trucks for Amazon. Mm. A custom built for what Amazon want. Uh, and obviously they're, they're big buyers already of, of vans. So I think they've got an interesting route to market for that. Uh, as passenger cars, uh, yeah, I don't quite see how they're going to compete. They're mm. focused on pickup trucks, which is obviously big in America. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I think... I see it more as a commercial vehicle play as opposed to passenger vehicle. Yeah, it does make more sense, doesn't it? And I, yeah, again, the, the valuations, I don't quite understand these, these electric car valuations at the moment. I think there could be really interesting businesses there, but, but the valuations don't support it. It came up in our board meeting on Monday, this, um, because my chairman said, that how on earth can a car company be worth so much money when they're only going to deliver 1,200 cars this year? Um, and I said it's all on the future value of this of this business. They, people have seen what Tesla have done, yeah. and they think that Rivian is going to be in the next Tesla. I, I mean, if I'm honest, I, I think they're absolutely fantastic. I mean, I remember seeing these on the long way up and just thinking these are brilliant cars. They look awesome. Oh, um, and, and I think the SUV will, will sell sell really well. The, the design's changed slightly since um, since when it first came out. But, I mean, I agree, the, the pickup, nobody buys them outside of outside of the US really. Um, but what's next in their lineup? If they if they do come up with a with a model three rival, which is, isn't really out there at the moment, and look what Tesla managing to achieve with that, then Rivian really could be. I mean no, it, I do think the mainstream guys or the, the, the traditional almost, they're catching up pretty fast. You, you look at what's coming out of Kia, Kia Hyundai, some yeah. really, really good electric cars, cool designs, new designs. Mercedes are doing well on electric. Yes. They are way behind, which is unfortunate, but uh, they're, they're, they're catching up without a doubt. It's funny, yeah. isn't it? These older brands that can't really break away from their, like JLR, they've got this very kind of set lineup, very set look. Same thing with Mini and their Mini Electric. I think it's great, but it doesn't give them a lot of freedom, does it? Like these other brands where they can kind of literally start from scratch. Yeah. But again, I think that's what Hyundai have done nicely. Completely yeah. new design. Uh, and Kia, as Kia to the same extent, just bro broken the mold. Mm. Yeah, it makes a huge difference, I think. Right, I'll go with my next one, shall I? Um, yes. I am going to go with um, a story we wrote uh, off the back of the interview with um, Nathan Coe, the Auto Trader CEO. Um, he was warning dealers this week uh, that they face big changes if they're to compete with the likes of Cinch and Kazoo, the online retailers. Um, in the interview I did with him uh, last week, he mentioned that he thinks some dealers who don't adapt to this change are going to be left behind by a rapidly changing industry, he said. Um, and it, although not naming Cinch and Kazoo and Karzam and the likes, um, he, he was definitely referring to them when he talked about the, how these guys have changed changed the way that, that cars are being sold. Um, I mentioned it on the podcast before when we were judging for our used car awards, which is 
a week on Monday. Um, we we were really impressed with those dealers who have used those lessons they learned during COVID and continue to do them now, and not just gone back to opening the, the, the boots of their cars and waving the flags and actually continue to engage with people who, who are contacting them online. A few years ago, we used to send out our mystery shopping emails and 30% of those who were on the nominations list wouldn't even get back to us. Well, that has absolutely disappeared now. All of the all of our um, nominations list pretty much got back to us. And it just shows you how in the last 12, 18 months, people are now taking digital leads seriously. Um, you must have seen this change over the years. You must yeah. have seen it change because dealers, you, you probably sent them hot leads and they didn't actually do anything with them. Are, are you seeing that change as well? No, oh, it's massive. And that, 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 well, to a degree still is, but always used to be our biggest challenge. How to improve the customer service ultimately that, that our partner dealers offered. But yeah, like you said, you, you saw it with not so much. It's, I don't think it's so much the kazoo cinch. It's more the fact that during a pandemic, when it was illegal to visit a showroom, they sold lots of cars. That was, that was the kind of the force their hand into. Oh, hang on. This does actually work. Yeah. Kazoo and cinch happening at virtually the same time as the pandemic was a nice kind of catalyst on top. But I've been really impressed that you look at franchise dealers, the vast majority of them have hugely up their game online. Yeah. Mm, what do you think? I think most car dealers just don't like dealing with the general public face to face. And it's made them realize they don't have to well, do I think, I think, <laughs> I think, um, I think the, the CEOs know this is happening. I think part mm -hmm. of their challenge is changing internal culture where some of the, the showroom sales floor execs do prefer to deal face to face, uh, and and maybe don't don't like writing emails or, or struggle with it a bit, and, and it's changing them and educating them, and, and it's all possible, it's all doable. And we've seen some of particularly the big franchise groups make huge strides in setting up online teams, mm. and as you said, reap the reap the rewards. That's the. Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say that you there are the, some of the really big players. You're seeing them really shift their staff setup and how they actually run their businesses. And I think that's so interesting. And it's going to be really interesting as that trickles down through other businesses and people think, oh, wait, actually, no, I don't need someone who's just going to sit there at a desk waiting for someone to call, waiting for someone to come in. Not that I think you do that, car dealers. Don't all tweet me saying we're always really busy. But it it does change the way you run your business, doesn't it? Absolutely. And, and it's everything from time of day that they're working days a week and, and should they be on a showroom floor versus at home working from home yeah it must take longer though i mean this is the thing I'm, it must take longer to do the deals and when the customer walks in the showroom you can you can look them in the eye and and do the deal and ask the questions that you have to just keep <laughs> going back the, and forwards but they're doing the research online they're, they're working out everything yeah. and then they're contacting pretty much to buy the car yeah mm. I guess once you know, you want to know you're getting a good deal. That's why you want to go into a showroom. And if you've already done that by going through an aggregator, going through someone like Carwell, then you don't really need to fight those things out. Exactly. Unless they're you're asking detailed, they're, they're, they're most common, they're asking some detailed product question. Hmm. So the, the dealers have to know the product they're selling and, and build a confidence for the consumer in that. And then some of them are going in for a kind of confirmatory look at the car or, or a test drive, and then they're happy to buy it. So I think it's much, much quicker. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. Um, that was my one, wasn't it? It's your go. Um, this is my last one. This is a story I wrote this morning that I just thought was um, interesting and quite sweet about Motorpoint. I don't think I call Motorpoint sweet. Oh, I they were like one of our top, did you? <laughs> yeah, I like this story. 
um yeah they're doing like an ice rink tour for the winter which i just thought was a really interesting thing to say like let's clear out some cars for the weekend put an ice rink and a winter fair into our dealership and i know it's completely the polar opposite of what we've just been talking about with digital car sales but really nice really interesting thing to get more people in and get a bit of publicity more, oh, it's in more places that's a great idea i think i think those kind of experiences where it's not just come and look in a car that's stationary but there's something else to do or bring the family along as well. Great way to get people into the show. Mm. Nice. Impressive. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, I'm going to go with my last one then, um, which um, is a little bit of a plug, um, but it's about the uh, latest issue of Car Dealer Magazine, which is out today, the digital issue. But the reason I picked this is it's got our road test of the year in it, um, which we've actually gone back to doing in person with the team. We went to Wales. Uh, we got together, um, how many cars is that? Six or seven of it? Six of our favourite cars of the year. Um, we had BMW M5 CS, uh, the new 911 GT3, Audi RS e-tron GT, Ford Mustang, Mustang Mach-E, Land Rover Defender V8, and the Hyundai i20N. Um, and this is, so we get all the team together. I know it sounds like a bit of an eclectic mix, and it's really, it's the most interesting cars that have been launched in the last year. So that's our chance to have a little bit of fun um, heading to Wales. Um, and I absolutely loved it this year. I got out of that 911 GT3, and I don't know if I've waxed lyrical about this on the podcast yet, yeah. but it was absolutely incredible it was quite possibly the best car i've ever driven and i don't say that lightly um there's not many cars i could probably count them on one hand that i've got out of after driving it for the first time saying i'm going to buy one of those or i want one of those and that 911 gt3 is it i mean it was brilliant absolutely brilliant um the other one that i really loved was the the i20n it, i didn't quite gel with it as when i when i first first drove it but the more i drove it on welsh roads and those those twisted little b roads the more i thought this is a brilliant little car there's a great picture in the digital magazine of it going around the corner on three wheels and it just shows you just how much fun that 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 car it's was. Nice, those as well didn't i had one drive past me the day and i thought what's that yeah a Hyundai. <laughs> yeah they have really they've really really taken the game on those guys um and i think i think the end the end brand for Hyundai has, has done them done them absolute wonders um so there's lots of other stuff in in that magazine it, it's out on the website today digital one you can read it on your ipad or or on your desktop but um it's worth looking at just for that and road. how did how did the electric cars cope with rural wales charging they, they weren't too bad they no. weren't too bad we were lucky that we were in um the brecon beacons and actually brecon has got is quite well set up for fast chargers and some charges in the car park um i must admit that the mustang mackie was the most disappointing car of the of the lot i mean i i really did not enjoy driving that car um and the e-tron um the e-tron gt rs um was incredibly fast but it just electric fast electric cars don't really do it for me uh, the, the the problem i have with them is there's all of this fast sensation you can you yeah. tell you're going quick but you just there's none of that excitement none of the noise that you sort of expect in a sports car and i think actually it's not about driving fast it's not about accelerating really quickly although it's nice it's about all the other senses that a good quality supercar make uh, excite when you drive and unfortunately i don't get that in electric cars i know you love them rebecca but 
What did you? What was your favourite out of that lot? I can't remember. Um, the I don't think you mentioned it was the Defender V8, which I didn't think I'd like at all, but I absolutely fell in love with it driving across Wales. I had the speakers cool turned right up, and it was like this beautiful sunny day. I was right up high cruising through. Apart from I think the one point where we had to drive through that really tiny gap. And oh yeah, was that with you? I can't remember what you were driving. Something else. Uh, I was in the Audi, but yeah, it was one yeah. of those really tight roads where you cross a bridge and it's got like metal fences on each side and yeah I did feel for you thinking yeah um but yeah I absolutely loved it I didn't I, I wasn't a massive fan of the e-tron like you but I just think it's um I, this, I had to write the piece about it and I think it's very good but it it's because it feels like you're in like a TT or you're in an R8 it's like it's got that great Audi interior and then you don't get the sound and your brain just can't quite lock those yeah. two things together whereas I think when you drive a Tesla it's like like I was saying earlier you've got this kind of new jazzy mm. interior and you don't really go oh where's the sound but yeah no I agree with my you. theory what James what what's your thoughts on these on these uh on, on new fast electric cars I mean that, do they do it for you or I mean I'm a massive proponent of electric and it's amazing it's amazing for the industry as well for, for dealers it's such a positive change uh, and I, I've got a, a Tesla Model X it's yeah. very very fast but mm. it's pretty boring <laughs> it's, a, it's a great on motorway but it's not that fun to drive even though it's absolutely rapid uh, and I've got an old Defender that's far more fun to drive yeah <laughs> Not the nicest sounding car, but it's just way, way more kind of atmosphere. But I bet they're getting there. And I think what Porsche have done with the Taycan, mm. like it, it, they've added basically sound. Yeah. And it, it is it adds quite a bit back to the experience. But yeah, I mean, every electric car. I was reading about the new Volvo. Was it XC40 electric? It's not 16 something, five point something seconds. Yeah. They're all rapid. So I think acceleration will become, everything's going to be fast. Yeah. It's time. Yeah, I think that's the bit I miss is the is the the, the feel of uh, and the sound of just that of a. I mean that that's what the nine eleven was. That the, that GT three was so good and a manual gearbox. The noise it made was just absolutely amazing. You, you the, every sense was set set on set alight really when you when you drove that car. Um, and I think that's what I love about driving and that's what I love about cars. Um, I don't might make me a dinosaur, but I'd still be buying that over the uh, the the equivalent electric cars quite some yeah. time yet. Hmm. Well, that's Good it. investment if you can get your hands on them. Yeah, well, yeah, I, that's it, the thing. <laughs> well, that one I, I looked up those those nine eleven GT threes, the, the new one nine nine two is going. They're going for two hundred and fifty grand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's insane amount of money. Um, but that's it. My last one. Okay, thank you. So, no firstly, do you think that we've missed anything that was big news this week, James? You can say no. We've done an amazing job if you want to, but no, you don't. I think it was a good roundup. Some interesting stories, but no, and I can't think of anything you missed. That's good. That's what we like to hear. Um, and who do you think won? Importantly, I can't remember who chose it, but I think the, the winner's got to be the the, uh, the 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 car dealer ranking ranking by EBITDA. I think it's just a great way to, you have celebrate, to get in first. Yeah, celebrate a huge amount of hard work and uncertainty that's led to amazing outcome for the whole industry. So a great piece. That was that was Becca. So I will concede and now six five down. Unbelievable. <laughs> Finally, yeah. I do think we have to do a big well done to James Bachelor who pulled it all together and did the interviews and it's a big piece of work. It's good, it's good, uh, it's good list to read through. There's some surprising uh, surprising results on there as well. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I was trying to this morning I was doing a bit of a comparison looking at last year and this year. It's really interesting once you start 
looking at how some people have moved and how much they've moved by player. Um, if you've enjoyed any of these stories or you want to see the top 100, I will put a link to all of these stories in the show notes. And you can head over to the car dealer website, scroll down the page to the podcast section, and you find a story all about this episode there, where there will also be links to all the stories we've mentioned. Um, if you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please leave us a rating or review um, wherever you're listening. We'd love to hear. And thanks again for listening. Until next time. Goodbye. <laughs>